requested episode of Impact Schools podcast is here. How to fire people and not feel like a total asshole when doing it. Because if you've ever been in a position where you have someone on your team that you know that they're not performing, but you've built a friendship with them, a relationship with them, it can feel really, really hard to let someone go. Even if someone hacks your entire podcast, hacks your entire website, deletes both of them, and then hacks your provider of your coaching programs for your clients and all of the client material wipes all of that it's still a difficult thing to let people go because I've been in that position Noor's been in that position and so myself Lauren Tickner I'm the CEO of Impact School I'm joined with my COO Norbert Raj and we're going to talk to you today about how we have grown as people and found a process to be able to fire people and feel ethical about it because ultimately if someone's at your company and they're not performing then they're better off elsewhere and your company is going to thrive without a rotten egg being there tearing everyone down. So what we want to talk about is this exact process. We're going to get straight into it. And if you haven't already listened to the last episode where we talk about hiring A players and how to go about that entire process step by step, then make sure to go ahead and listen to that. But before that, you might have to do some restructuring of your team and let a few people go in order to allow your business to thrive. So not I wanted to come to you and ask regarding Raj Sharma, who's a client of ours, the founder of GovShop and Public Explain Forum. You worked with him really, really closely to restructure his team, let some people go. So what did you do with him that empowered him not to feel like a dick through hiring these people, through firing these people? Because it can feel really, really challenging, huh? Yeah, for sure. It can be very, very challenging. I think particularly, um, if I take Raj's position, he had worked quite closely with a lot of these people on his team to this point, um, to, to when we kind of sat down and we looked at everything and we decided, okay, something here definitely needs to change. I think, and this sounds like such an easy thing to do, but in practice, it's a lot more difficult than this, separating personal from business professional um, is really, really, really key. At the end of the day, if someone is not performing, or if they're not a good fit for the company, then that person should not be on this team. They may be an amazing person. That's not to say like you may get on really, really well with them, you care for them, but at the end of the day, they're not a good fit. Then they're going to inhibit you and the rest of the people on this team from moving towards where you want to move towards. Um, Leila Hormozy put this really, really well, and this really stuck with me. She said, if you are keeping someone on your team just because you kind of like them, you know, you get on with them, you don't really want to let them go, you're actually doing that person a disservice because you're keeping them from moving on and finding their purpose, like their career, their job, whatever they want to do, you are inhibiting that person from moving forwards. And I think that's a really, really good way to put it and to like think about that. Like it's almost selfish for you to be like, oh, I don't want to have that conversation. I'm just going to kind of continue with how things are. They're nice. You know, it's not a massive cost. Like it's all good, but like that person isn't able to move on. You know, you're kind of almost holding them hostage. Um, so I think for Raj, it was allowing him to see that, like, look at this is like where you could potentially be if you had X, Y, Z people, you don't have these people, you have these people and these people aren't doing what you need them to do. So why are they here? And I think when we were able to kind of lay things out for him and he could see that and see that he was not going to 
service the people that he wanted to service, not put his product in front of the right people, um, his service in front of the right people, because he didn't have the capability to do that. He didn't have the right team to empower him to do that. That's when things started shifting. We started having conversations about, you know, we're looking for these people, let's go out and find them. Okay, like we've let go of these people. Great, now we can move forwards. Um, but I think it starts with separating that personal and professional. Like you're doing the, the, the individual, the person that you want to let go, a disservice. You're doing your company a disservice and you're also doing the rest of the team a disservice as well. It's huge. One thing you said there is not having that tough conversation. And the way that I think about it, because I made this mistake massively, remember one person in particular on our team who was actually my first proper employee, who was the one that proceeded to hack everything. Because when we did start to add some structure to the company and start adding some systems, this person felt like their freedom was being taken away from them because it was no longer just, you know, hustling on a little bit of stuff here and there. Impact School was becoming Impact School. And it's interesting because I was in exactly that spot where I was too afraid to have the tough conversation and it was easier for me to just allow the business to continue to operate in chaos because as you said to me before, Noel, I can operate in chaos and I'm fine with that. However, the thing as a business owner you have to realize is that as you start scaling your company, other people that join your team, they aren't necessarily there to operate in chaos. They like the structure and the routine of having a job with working hours, which for me is really hard to get my head around. And I categorically can't quite understand that. Whereas Noor is able to have that type of understanding and she can able she can have these great conversations with the team. Now, for me, the way that I see it is this, okay? So just imagine you are walking up a really steep hill with a backpack on your back that weighs like 50 pounds or 20 kilos or whatever like half your body weight is, but that's on your back. And you're walking up that hill and you're walking and walking and it keeps getting harder and harder. And any final thing that you have to do, it just feels like more of a drag. That's how I see these tough conversations. Because the moment you have that conversation, you drop that backpack off your back and then you're able to run up the hill. You can sprint. Whereas if you constantly have this thing on the back of your mind, it's preventing your energy from going towards the thing that it actually needs to go towards. And so when you finally let that person go, not only did they get back the opportunities of various different career paths, but you as a business owner no longer have to think like, oh, is this person doing that? Has that person screwed something up? Is this person damaging my client relationships? Is this email going to go out wrong, right? It gives you much more potential and ability to actually go ahead and think creatively. So I know in the past, for example, I used to burn bridges. And I didn't know how to fire people. No one shares this with you. For sure, I studied business at uni for a year, then I dropped out, but they never would have taught that. I asked some of my friends who are on that degree, they don't teach you these things. It's just like how I think on an accounting degree or like a, a business degree, they don't need to teach you how to do accounting. They need to teach you the basics of what to look for in the accountant's work and then how to find a good person to hire as an accountant, right? So anyway, back to, back to firing. So I used to just burn bridges. I would just fire someone, tell them you're done. Whereas now we have a different approach. So no, you want to share that different approach with them. Yeah, for sure. I think that what you said is so important. Like it's that difficult conversation and like how you navigate that conversation it is everything. It changes everything. It, it allowed me to obviously like being in the 
position that I'm in now at the company ha has made it a lot easier. And every single person, every single person? Yes, every, I was just thinking like, okay, every single person that we have at Impact School, I was a part of that hiring process, whether it was leading or just like, like alongside Lauren, but every single person at the company today, I have helped bring on. So I think for me now, if I had to let any of these people go, like these people that I've worked with for a very long period of time, but I also was heavily involved in, in bringing these people on board. So expectations have been clear and have been set. I have never, I don't wanna say, I don't like saying never, cause I'm like, if there's one, then your argument is just weakened, but almost never. I, I can't think of an instance where I have let someone go and it was a surprise to that individual. And the reason for that is because we are very, very big fans of feedback at this company. So like you will constantly get feedback. If you are not performing, if you are not hitting target, if you are not delivering on what we have hired you to deliver on, you will know. So that conversation is never out of the, of the blue. If we decide, okay, we really have to let this person go for these reasons. And I have to have that conversation. That conversation is never out of the blue. And I think going back to what I was just saying um, previously about everyone on, in, on the team right now, like I have brought on or helped bring on, that means that in the future, if for whatever reason, I have to have that conversation of like, this is not a good fit and like, here's why, they will know that too before I have that conversation because expectations were set when we brought them on. And we do a very good job of constantly reaffirming like you're doing really well, like you've met, you're meeting this, 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 or like there's a big issue. We need you to step up and solve this. Okay, this wasn't solved. We need you to step up and solve this. And then if that happens a third time, then, then I have to sit down and have that conversation of what's, what's happening here? Like what's going on? Like something isn't working. Like I'm, I wanna work with this person to make sure that we can figure this out because I do believe in our team. I'm using our team as an example. Um, but again, like constantly giving feedback throughout the process will mean that if, if for whatever reason you have to let someone go it's not going to come as a surprise now the actual conversation itself my advice for that is it's always going to be a little bit um anxiety inducing because essentially this person is you know it's probably their full-time role like more likely than not at impact school like we want we want team members you know we want people who are here full-time so if i'm letting someone go that's like their income is gone like they have to go and find something else and that's that's quite scary like if this is your first time going into <laughs> a fire that can be quite scary and like can inhibit you from like undertaking this kind of or executing this task that you have to kind of do but what I will say is again separate professional from personal give feedback on that call be like here are the reasons you know like we have spoken about this before you know this shouldn't come as a surprise like we've given you opportunity after opportunity to to get this right like we you know we we wanted you here but like it's not working for these reasons um and then what lauren was saying earlier in terms of like firing ethically so obviously give them space 
to say whatever they need to say. Like I allow people to give me feedback, to give Lauren feedback, to give the company like feedback via me. So like you have any feedback for me, if you want me to know anything, like please share. And I will sit and I will listen and I will take that. Um, and then what I do with that just depends on, you know, is this constructive feedback? Is this kind of like a petty little rant? I don't usually entertain that for very long because it's not a good use of like your energy. Um, but I give them the space to kind of say what they need to say. And then depending on like, if it's just like not a good cultural fit, but this person is skilled, I'm happy to write a reference and be like this person, this depends on the situation. Like I will never write a reference for someone that has come in and like not delivered and just been like really crap to work with. I won't be like, this person is fantastic, hire her. Um, but if for whatever reason, like it just, we weren't in alignment no hard feelings, they'll know that. And they'll be like, cool, no hard feelings. And this sometimes happens, um, less so now because our hiring process is top notch, um, but it happened before. Um, I will always write them a reference, be like, I'm very happy to like speak to, you know, future employer, um, write a letter of recommendation for you. And that's always met with a lot of appreciation and people really, you know, respect that. Um, we don't want to burn bridges ever. We want to make sure that like if we are terminating um, an agreement, you're no, you're no longer going to be part of our team, that we are parting on really good terms. Like we will happily speak well about you. You hopefully will speak well about us because we've done everything fairly um, and ethically. Um, but th th those are tip that's like typically like my advice. It's a lot less scary than people think it is. And I think kind of like everything, <laughs> the more you do it, like the more practice you have, the less scary and daunting these things seem particularly, and I keep coming back to this because it's so important, if you are giving feedback. Like if Lauren said to me one day, and obviously our relationship's different. Okay, if I said to like our client success director one day, um, oh, like, can we, you know, get on the call, just like have a few things I want to talk about. And he's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, okay, by the way, like you're fired. He'd be like, no, what? <laughs> because that's so out of the blue. And like, as far as he knows, he's doing great. So I think if I always have, and Lauren has this too, and like, we don't always voice this with each other, um, but at the end of the process, we're like, oh, I kind of knew, but like, sometimes we have these like inclinations that like, this Every time. Every right. it's there's not gonna work out. There's never been a situation where we've had to fire someone and they haven't known or where they've left and we haven't known same no, thing right right I completely agree but what I was saying is you and me so like there are times where like in the back of my head I'm like oh, I don't know if this is going to work and I know that you felt the same we don't always share it with one another because we don't right. want to like bias the other person's opinion but like in the back of my head I'm like oh I don't know if this is going to work and I know Lauren as well she's like yeah I don't think this is going to last very long and then like when we get to that point where we sit down and I'm like Lauren like I think we really have to let this person go and she's like look I was there three weeks ago I just didn't know if you were there so um yeah like we will always kind of know ahead of time like this is kind of the direction that this is moving in but like we we've hired this person for a reason we want to give them the space and the opportunity to like prove us wrong but there's a limit to that and like I think something that's important for you and me to like note Lauren is we are getting better at like just nipping it in the bud like quite early on because like I think 
when you start out, you want to give people that opportunity, but like at the end of the day, this is a business. Like we don't have time to sit here and wait for you to cop on. There are other people that will come on board and they will do the job. And if you can't, we have to let you go. And we're getting better at doing that a lot quicker than we've done in the past. And I think that's a really good thing. I used to think with firing that it was like three strokes and then you're out, but it's just not quite as simple as that. Like it doesn't quite work that way, especially in more of a higher level role. But also if you want a team of A players who don't operate like robots, it just doesn't, it just can't work that way. So one thing that I've realized a lot lately is, and I'm trying to think of some examples, but let's just say you have someone on your sales team, right? Well, they might do the right thing and follow the right process and do everything right. But then the person on the other end of the line that day might just perceive something in the wrong way. Maybe the prospect had just been in a car crash and so that or whatever's happened, their boyfriend just dumped them so they're in a really, really bad mood. Well, even though the salesperson was doing everything in the prospect's best interest, that person might suddenly go crazy and start saying, oh my gosh, just leave me alone. Da, 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 da. Like you're so annoying. When really the salesperson was doing the right thing in, for example, trying to comfort the prospect. Okay. So you can never blame the salesperson there for producing that outcome because they had the right inputs, but the, the right inputs produced the wrong outcome. Whereas let's say the salesperson sells a prospect and they use some shady, shady tactics, but they close a deal for 5 million, right? That is not okay because they use shady tactics. The wrong inputs got what looks like a favorable outcome financially, just as an example. And so this is where firing someone can never necessarily be based solely on outcomes. It really has to be based upon the inputs, which the person actually does in order to do their work, right? And their character. And so this is where I think now, when someone is not performing or something, like we really, really look at it like from a 360 degree angle, like we look at how they're working with the rest of the team. And then as Noel said, like we will, Noel will get on a call with them and she'll tell them like, hey, look, you did this, this was not good. Like, tell me more about this. And she'll ask questions. Like we don't really point fingers. Instead, yeah. we'll ask questions. And so another example is there was this person who Nora and I kept saying like, okay, maybe they're okay for now, just as a bridge while we hire someone else. Like we're gonna then have to let them go. And what was interesting is that person then actually went to Noor and said like, hey, I'm not feeling valued in this role. Like this is what's going on. Uh, here's how I feel. And it was interesting because like we spotted it ahead of time. This person then came to us and this was an opportunity for us to see, should we let this person go or should we have them apply for a different role at the company, right? And so sometimes the person's just in the wrong role at the business. Maybe they're a great person, but maybe you just have another role that they could go in. And so that's actually what we figured out with this person in particular, which is great because we love the person. They're bloody amazing. We just put them in the wrong role because we needed someone as sort of a bridge while we find somebody else for this particular thing. And so I really, really think that like, you know, firing people, the biggest thing that I optimize for is I always want to optimize against the downside. So what's the downside risk here? So if, for example, you're going to fire someone and you think that maybe they have access to your whole CRM and your client database. Well, before firing them, you need to make sure that you remove them off of everything. 
okay? If let's just say there's someone who's working with clients, you need to make sure they hand everything over and update everything fully before you ever have that conversation that they're gonna have to be let go or even an inclination of that because otherwise they might go totally crazy, they might go AWOL, they might delete everything. And I just always optimize like so against any potential downside risk. And this is really a big lesson that we have had over the past like three or four years. And it's something that I would strong, like if you take anything away from this today, it's number one, make sure that before you ever have a firing conversation with someone, you get everything from them, everything. Then you change all the passwords and then you have that conversation, but only have that conversation after you've already given them feedback so that it's not just your blindsiding them. So that's my, that's my, that's my thoughts on the firing process. Got anything else, Mom? I was just going to say, like, I think two things. So the first thing I just want to um, piggyback on to like what you were saying, which is this is so, so, so important to do if you are operating completely online. So if we had an office, for instance, and we had company computers, you would let someone go and that person would leave the premises and leave behind company property, which is where everything is housed and stored. However, we operate completely online across different continents, countries, time zones. We don't have that. So if we let someone go, they have intellectual property, access to various platforms, our CRM, et cetera, on their personal computer. So you just have to make sure that you are putting in systems, processes to ensure that if anything happens, you're protected against any sort of downfall. So what I mean by that is everything is done on company emails. Like if you are doing something on Google Drive, for instance, like Lauren or myself are the owners of those um, assets, for instance, um, every all communication is done via company email. So like if we change that password, which we have the access, we have access to do, you lose everything. You cannot like communicate as an impact school repre representative or agent, for instance. So that's just something to be very, very mindful of. Um, security, um, making sure that you're secure, that your IP is secure, that your team is secure, any assets that you have, that is super, super, super important. And they're very easy ways to kind of ensure that you, you know, you are protecting yourself against any potential downfall. And the second thing that I want to say um, for, to kind of like wrap up is the hiring and firing kind of go hand in hand. Like if you hire the right people, then number one, you're not going to have to have those firing conversations very often. Um, but when you do, if you have to, for whatever reason, um, it's not going to come as a shock. If you are hiring A players and for whatever reason, it doesn't work out, that person is going to know that they're not performing, that maybe they're not in alignment with like where you want to go as a company. Um, it's not going to come as a shock. So I think the hiring and the firing go hand in hand. Like they are kind of two pieces to a puzzle. Like I haven't had, ha I haven't had to have many of these conversations lately because our hiring process has gotten so, I don't, I don't want to say bulletproof, but it's gotten so, it's tightened up a lot. Yes. So I think that's just something to bear in mind. Like if you, going back to what Lauren said in our previous podcast episode, about, oh, if you're an entrepreneur and you're hearing all of these steps and it's like, oh my God, this is so tedious. This is going to take a long time. It's going to save you a lot of time 
in the long run, if you invest the time now to hire the right people, make sure that you onboard them properly, they're going to be staying for a very long time and they're going to take care of themselves. They're not going to need you to like phone them up, be like, hey, where's that thing that was due two hours ago? I haven't received it. Like, you're not going to have to deal with those headaches and you're not going to have to deal with the firing. The firing, if it happens, will more likely than not be a, a kind of two-way conversation of like, we're kind of ending it here for various reasons, but like, love you, respect you, love the company, but like, my path is kind of this way, yours is that way. And it's like, great. Like, that's kind of how the firing goes. Yeah. If you hire the right people. It shouldn't be necessary, exactly. And ultimately, again, if your vision is big enough, you'll find people who are going to be able to grow, you know, at least for that phase. And then from there, you're going to be able to let them go, help them find the other job so that then they can actually have a career where they're going to thrive. And this all really does start as well. You know, there are other things in the hiring process, making sure that you have good agreements, right? That do protect your company. Make sure that you don't let anyone start unless they do have an agreement. And if people are not wanting to sign an agreement, I mean, I used to think that that was fine and that was okay. (laughs) And this is years ago. And that is like, that's totally not cool. And so, yeah, another small, simple thing that we do is in our, in our payments to our team, we pay them with a 10-day lag. So the payments, like the month for us starts on the 18th, and then it ends on the next 18th. And then for that month, they get paid 10 days after that. So that if they go crazy or do anything and they're refusing to hand anything over, then we'll pay them once they hand it to us. And then in our agreement, this is all detailed there, and then they'll sign termination agreements confirm that they've sent everything over to us so that everything can be all kept intact. And the next episode of Impact School Podcast, by the way, what I wanna do now is I wanna go through our full sales process that we actually use at Impact School. Because for example, in a five day period, two people from our team closed 318K in new cash into the business. And not only that, but then after that episode, what I wanna do is I wanna record one on how we hire our sales team. Now I know we have a team pool now, so we can get on with that. But with that said, um, this was fun. Again, we don't run any ads on this show. So if you are someone who's enjoyed this episode, please just share this with someone from your team or a fellow entrepreneur friend. Um, Obviously, if you share it on social media, we appreciate that a lot. My Instagram is just at Lauren Tickner, Nors is Nor B Farage, and Impact School is Impact underscore School. And um, we got a lot of cool content coming. And on top of that, if you're interested in getting help from Impact School, we essentially support you through this whole entire process. We have all the standard operating procedures. So the SOPs, all of the application forms, all of the you know, scripts and prompts for when you need to fire someone or hire someone, all the interview questions, et cetera, et cetera, everything. We give it straight to you, the company dashboard, all the sales scripts, all the sales team management, all the internal team management, company home. I could go on and on and on and on. Oh, and everything's super, super one-on-one. And we guarantee every single client result. So if you're interested in that, then you can just reach out to the Impact School IG or to myself, someone from my team at Impact School will get that. We'll get back to you. Just say that you came from this podcast episode. And um, yeah, this has been fun. So thank you so much. And we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.